The Worker Learner Podcast is brought to you by the Professional Learning Hub, Griffith University's platform for executive and professional education. Bringing together the expertise of Griffith University's academics and research centres, our professional learning is designed to deliver creative solutions for the workplace of tomorrow. Whether you are looking for opportunities for yourself or your team, we have you covered. Uh, Hi, my name is Dinesh Palapana and I'll be your host for this episode. I'm a doctor, a lawyer and a researcher and senior lecturer at Griffith University. I'm an advocate for inclusion and was a founding member of Doctors with Disabilities Australia. In 21, I was the Queensland Australian of the Year. I currently work in the emergency department of the Gold Coast University Hospital. I am really excited to be interviewing Steve Mitchell, the CEO of the best team in rugby league, the Gold Coast Titans. I'm interested in understanding how Steve manages such a prominent organization. And what does the Gold Coast and the Gold Coast community mean to him and the business? Welcome, Steve. Hi, Dinesh. Hey. So, Steve, what does the CEO of a rugby league team do on a day-to-day basis? I was at, I was at the university some time ago, uh, probably just before Christmas, and Andrew Fraser was there. And we were talking to one of the kids that was out of the swimming leadership team. And he'd been involved in some leadership work. And I was interested to hear what he sees in Olympian. And um, I wanted to hear you know, what the leadership work was about and what the content was and how, how you put a leadership group together in the middle of it elite level athletes you know and what that means the pressures and the times that they do together and um and, and their expectations disappointments and their highs and their lows and their work and um andrew jumped in and he said what did you learn about leadership to this young man and um he went on to start with the answer that i thought was quite eloquent and was well structured and andrew said in my experience the more you lead the more you understand that leadership's just purely about service and it's just about helping people and it's about community and it's literally about going how am I in life today in my role today can I help you fulfill your what you're trying to do in your task level so um, I, I think you need the IP and I'm lucky to have a commercial background and I've got a, a history in the sport uh, with my son playing uh, across numbers of clubs and a passion for the sport but ultimately my role is to work with a group of people that are invested in the code and believe in our purpose um, are excited about the possibilities and opportunities moving forward and my, my response to that is how do I help you achieve that stuff today and yeah. that could be across the athletic program commercial program community program membership and consumer program but it's literally just helping people get their job done well purpose is an important thing right and um, I think for me at least purpose is something that wakes me up every day um, and what is that purpose yeah, it's a really good question, and I didn't realise the power of purpose. I think I've always been purpose-driven, um, but I didn't realise the power of what a purpose could do with an organisation if you actually under, if you can un- unpack it and if you can dig it up and if you can get it so that the people within the organisation own it and they've got to build it. Um, and this has had a profound effect on our organisation over the last four years, and it was put together by the elements that were coming out of both football, our community, our ownership, our membership piece, stakeholders, political stakeholders and commercial stakeholders and the region itself, the kids that play the game, the seniors that play the game, uh, the, the people that, pro- that are in our uh, PDA and IDRL programs, our junior, junior players in both genders. And that was first um, 
we're here to, to make our communities proud. It's not about, it, it is about footy. You know, we've, we've got an opportunity and we want to win and bring, bring success to the Gold Coast. But the, fundamentally, we're here to make our communities proud of everything we do. So when you roll out of bed, that day is about actually having something materialised for that community or the people that you're working with that's going to make them proud about the organisation, who they are, what the region's about and why you live here. So the first part of our purpose is we're here to make our communities proud and that's all those communities, First Nations, Specifica, our tourism, our political um, and the kids that play the game. After that, it's about inspiring them with energy and I don't think you can move anything and like... Um, uh, you're a machine, um, so if I'm speaking energy with a machine, it's quite... But it, I, well, I don't think we can achieve or lift people or lift organisations or bring outcomes without high levels of energy. You've got to be able to get in and rip in and every time someone leaves a game, even if we've lost a game or come to a, to a community event or had an interaction from as a consumer point of view, they leave going, wow, that was cool. Like, they got rolled and I still had a great time or they won and we had a great time. So make our communities proud, inspire them through energy, with energy, and the next part is unite them through success. So our next piece is success. Now the Gold Coast has never had a national sporting franchise nor a team that's won a national title. And that's where we need to go. And we have successes along the way and you're very involved in a lot of what we do, which is about the uplifter community and really good um, programs that bring social uplift and or um, political gains for the coast and or op opportunities for our commercial partners to have their businesses grow. They're all great wins and they're all about uniting through success. But ultimately we're here to bring a national title to the coast and to have that community go insane. I was lucky enough to be at the Cowboys when we won the 2015 grand final and it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. We, we couldn't drive into Mackay because the amount of people that were in the street to take the trophy there. I took it to Papua New Guinea with Brent Tate and it was honestly, it was the most unbelievable experience. I was to take that premiership trophy up there with Tatey and thousands and thousands of kids and the response to that. And then the, and the Gold Coast deserves that. So that's the last part. So make our communities proud, inspire them through energy and unite them through success. And that's what we're all out of bed for. Man, I feel energized after listening to you say that. Yeah. That's so, that's powerful. That's amazing. That's cool. Um, the Titans have been successful in a tough market, the Gold Coast, because when the sun is shining, rather than uh, go to watch the footy, a lot of folk might head to the beach. Um, how have you addressed your geographic location which has its strengths and weaknesses from a business perspective. Yeah, that's a it's a great question, and it was one. Um, it's sort of it's um, the the Gold Coast to a degree has almost got a reputation for being a graveyard for national sporting teams of multiple coats, <laughs> um, and to some degree over the years, um, that's got a lot to do with options. And our coach talks to it a lot. Um, it, there's a lot to do here. So if, if families if families want to get out and about on the weekend, they've got plenty of options. And if you're not putting on a product, and if you don't have, if you're not doing your job well, there's plenty of options for those guys. If you go to North Queensland in Townsville, great industrial place, great wonderful regional people, but there's only one show in town, and that's the Cowboys. So there's not a lot of options up there. Here you've got our wonderful partners at Village Roadshow theme parks. You've got the beaches. You've got all those wonderful. Uh, attractions all the way down to Byron Bay that give you an opportunity to go and have a look and have you know enjoy a good time. Um, so we need to be good at what we do and that's about delivering quality on field but quality experience, quality real rich relationships, good communication, giving people purpose and understanding and belief and connecting with people that are passionate about the sport 
we're quite fortunate in that the Gold Coast, as mo- most people outside of the Gold Coast don't understand, is a, is a traditional rugby league market. The Tweed Sea Gulls converted from a rugby union side in 1908 across the union. So they're, they're, they're a 110 plus year old rugby league wow. side. Um, and there's been sides come out of here that have gone on and players that have gone on to play over multiple decades at high levels. But some of the first of the really good First Nations teams that actually moved into First Nations carnivals came out of the Tweed area. I've got some wonderful photos from nearly 100 years ago of um, some of those really good examples of inclusion where at a time inclusion wasn't big on the you know social, social radar, uh, but really great teams of, of, of people made up First Nations men, um, uh, South Sea Islander men and, and local Caucasian farmers you know that were playing together and the, and the sport brought them together. Um, but if you look at between Logan and Lismore there's at least 28 functioning clubs that have juniors and seniors and about 13,500 people registered in the sport and then on top of that you overlay your non-contact sports like touch and, and those guys that watch. So the community's there You've just got to connect with them. You've got to be real authentic and then turn it on, and they come. And if you're successful, like we saw in 21, when we with that last run into the finals, the crowds literally jumped by nearly 1,500 to 2,000 per game. So at the back of the back of that year, we were doing 20,000 through the gate each day because they were just dying to believe. They just want to believe, you know, and they're coming. So the opportunity is there. It's uh, and the, industri- the industry base on the Gold Coast now between health, education and all the other industry sectors that sit here, it's a big town now, 700,000 people, discretionary income's good, everything's there to make it work. we just got to do our job. Mm, I love that. And, you know, I, I think the most powerful thing, one of the most amazing things that uh, drew me to the organisation was the way you brought all these different parts of the community together as well, which is what you were mentioning, you know, People with disability, for example, there are one in five Australians with disabilities, me being one of them, and there's our First Nations community. And the way that you can be a glue for all these different uh, parts of our community, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's a delight for me to work in that space. I've got an interesting background in that. I grew up in a, in a um, Indigenous communities. My mother was a doctor in, in, in Indigenous health. And my, my kids are Indigenous and my younger siblings are Indigenous. So I learned early in life about diversity um, and diversity in culture and diversity in the difference between a major, what a, a metro market looks like and what a regional town looks like and then what a, you know, a real rural area looks like. Um, and then but spent a lot of time in my professional life working in you know, cap cities or in, in, in media and spent some time sitting in, in Melbourne. But the Gold Coast Titans were founded around community was central to, to that, the first charter of that organisation and we were lucky enough to have people like Preston Campbell start early. And uh, Presto's work in around um, the advancement of uh, closer gap issues, um, the First Nations people in the sport and then uh, taking kids so that they have the opportunity to thrive, uh, education and health um, really left a mark on me and left a mark on that club um, and from there we've got an extraordinary um, community manager in Renee Cohen who now the Pacifica community growing at such a, such a, such a rate of not adding to us uh, culturally and then our physical disability and intellectual disability guys in there as well the, the context and the texture that those communities now that are a part of the club has made our organisation can't be quantified it's, it's extraordinary um, and when we're, when we're having a really tough time on the paddock, it's the, it's the community that saves us because they go, no, 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 I, we, we, know, we know the intent here, we know these people. You know? So 
you can't open up as a retail shop front and hope to be successful. You have to go and invest in the community and in all of them and embrace them because they're the only reason you're here. So, and they embrace you. It's they awesome. embrace you back if you're authentic, yep. if you're real. I love it. Mm. Um, with the introduction of the Dolphins next year, how do you prepare your organisation for increased competition? And not on the field, uh, but in terms of planning, staffing, retention, and all that critical back office stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's an interesting scenario. Um, so when the first expansion conversation started with the NRL two years ago, I was, um, the Titans are the youngest club in the competition, probably the most vulnerable um, to a degree. We don't have the least club support network that a lot of the Sydney clubs have um, and, and both the Bronx and the Cowboys have. Uh, the club's owned by two very gracious owners, families from the Gold Coast, but it's got to basically steer under its own 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 steam. And if it can't look after itself, if we don't wash our own face and, and operate it like a gent, like a real business, then we're in a position where we, we're marching backwards at a, a rate of knots. And that responsibility sits with two, two owners, which is a, a really good commercial reality, but also one with its challenges. So if you've got a competitor or a competing club that comes into your market, and starts to impact um, your consumer share and your and your revenue lines around commercials and and uh, inflate your costs around staff and keeping people. Then you've got a you know you've got an issue on your hands in regard to sustainability over periods of time. So I challenged um, with a group. We all did um, challenge the NRL in regard around the uh, quantifying exactly what the upside is to uh, expansion. And we uh, invested in in a program through Gemba. We did a fairly significant eight-month market research campaign around participation, growth of the player group, potential risk about dilution of the player group, and what commercial side might be there, whether it's from the broadcaster, whether it's from increases in commercial partnerships and consumer ticket sales, or whether that actually all goes the other way. You know, whether you lose partners because they go to Redcliffe, whether you lose people because they're buying tickets to the Bronx, in Brisbane to watch Redcliffe. And um, to the NRLs and Andrew Abdo's credit, um, we finished this piece of work and their research internally paralleled each other. And it was, mm. it was basically, it was pragmatic in that it went, if we extend the draw, everyone gets an extra buy. With 17 teams, we actually get 12 games extra per year. That automatically increased our revenue through broadcast because it gave them more content. So we got a, we got a good upside, good upside in in broadcast revenue, which helped underwrite the, the cost of bringing the team in. And then the other really interesting thing was the growth in both um, consumer and game day. Um, the, everything we looked at said that when Recliffe come down here to play us at Seabus this year, we're going to put 25,000 people in the stadium or 23,000 people in the stadium because they want to come. So there's a commercial upside for us in regard to consumers and interest in the game and driving the game. Um, where there is a little bit of risk, and I genuinely believe this, and this will take a couple of years to sort of settle through, is player dilution. Um, but the, the amount of investment going into juniors now that are coming on from 14 through to you know 18 to 20 is quite profound. The Brickliffe will take a little bit of time to settle in, as all new organisations do. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what the game looks like in 26-7 at the end of this broadcast. I think it's going to be super strong. So. From someone who is fairly sceptical and almost a cynic, I've, I've gone the other way. I'm looking forward to them coming in, not beating us. <laughs> but did have an increase? Did increase our infl- it inflate our cost of staff because we got and, you know another employer up the road. So we had I had to make sure we had really good people there, and they weren't going anywhere. So yeah, it's been good. I'm actually um, I'm fascinated just by uh, your your answers and your responses and the 
the rich depth and uh, uh, the detail that you go into. I'm really curious about your career and how you got to this point because just by uh, thinking about the way you've answered these questions, I can just see there's so much experience and uh, analysis and intellect behind it. Um, uh, very kind. Uh, intellect, I'll pull back a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've, I've been really fortunate. I've had a great career, but um, and I've watched some people um, that I've sort of learnt from or listened to and heard. But I, I left school early, um, um, but then moved into, after a period of time, moved into um, uh, media through a selling capacity. So I started as a kid, as a 19-year-old at Karim Mail. Uh, and I was involved in, in basically in their classified advertising area where I would go out and manage the real estate and car car sections of the paper. But that gave me a pretty good understanding of um, of the business side of media. And I, gra- I graduated through that fairly quickly um, and then went to telly um, in my early 20s and, and was a uh, station manager at Channel 7 in Townsville in my late 20s and finished an MBA up there and then worked across media, commercial media management um, for the first decade, all my 20s and into my early 30s. And just ironically... I was um, I moved to Townsville. Was playing footy, bush, you know, bush league footy, which I loved the game. Um, and came from an, a, a family of uh, that all we all sort of played at different levels, all varying levels of terrible, but it was all we all played all the same. Um, but I had this love of the sport and this really uh, love of um, management and commercial management. So and I was lucky enough um, while I was up there, the the uh, Cowboys uh, at the time he was head of commercial, and I did a, we finished an NBA together and. Um, and we nearly pulled the broadcast rights across the Channel 7 at the time I was running Channel 7. It just, just didn't quite work. But he now, ironically, is the chair of the Cowboys. And uh, he brought me across after I'd, I'd, um, I'd left media. And he said, mate, come across and have a, have a crack at the commercial side of the Cowboys. And I was like, oh, I nearly knocked him back. And I'm, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't because I fell in love with the, the skill set came straight across, the, you know, the interest in the sport. and. And at the same time, my son went to Parramatta. So my son got contracted to Parramatta and I went to the Cowboys. And we had this amazing sort of experience where I'd be at Parramatta with the Cowboys CEO in the in the other stand with the Parramatta fans. And Anthony would come out and dart around and make this great run. And I'd stand up screaming, go, son, go, in the, in the Cowboys uniform. And I'd sit down and I'd apologise to the CEO. And he goes, it's OK, mate, I got it. So it was um, a great ride. But I... I'm fascinated by the industry. Uh, I think if you do what you love, you learn quick, and you and you get you know big reserves of understanding there. And I'm lucky to be surrounded by really really good people. Like I've got people that are um, some of the sharpest, um, but really good people, really humble people, but very high levels of intellect, high levels of IP. Um, and I'm excited about you know the opportunity here on the case because I know what we can do, and uh, it's sitting in front of us. It's about us just applying ourselves now and, and doing it well and staying staying honest. I think we're lucky to have you. Um, The uh, Professional Learning Hub recently published an article that explored the Titans program, Leagueability. Um, And this is our inclusion program aimed at getting people with a disability into the league. How important are programs like this for the Titans and why? I think we've touched on it. Um, But I think, yeah, we'd love to hear a bit more about what you think. Yeah, there's so many platforms and so many parts around that program that... um, affect people in and not just the participants and the people that come along and have an opportunity to, you watch the guys that play in that sport and they all love the sport and and they a lot of them never had an opportunity to you know play the sport but they 
that they know their footy and they're avid supporters of the sport and, and now we've got a program where they can participate actively and they can represent. Like we're, you know, the boys that all went to the World Cup and just come back. Um, and then the idea guys as well. So for the participants, I think, as an organisation that wants to make communities proud and has a responsibility to community uplift and, and really good social outcomes, it's quite, uh, it's unique in its depth and its breadth. Um, I haven't seen it actually done to the extent anywhere else. The community and the, and the people that support it and yourself and the other volunteer group that sit around it are quite um, extraordinary people. And what they bring to the organisation from a value set, from a commitment, from a sharing point of view, is great glue. It's amazing sort of binding of the, you know, in, in and around the people that are there. So that's the participants and the people that come. And the other thing that, the other thing is, it, it resonates throughout um, our community, all the people that are sort of sitting out there coming to game day, they, they feel a level of pride around being involved with an organisation, particularly the programs that, that you, know, you know you guys run with Renee. They feel a level of pride around the fact that their club delivers that. It's not, they're not just going, you know, Tino's not just hitting it hard up the middle. There's this other program and this influence on trying to improve people's lives outside of it. And, the, and, these are, and, and these guys are some of the most challenged, you know, they're people that really need the opportunity and it's nice to be able to deliver that um, within our means. But I mean, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and more resourced. So it makes our communities proud. It makes people around the communities proud of that work. And then there's the benefit of actually bringing the kids like Ethan that upstairs and taking the play group down. The mindfulness that going into a game like that or playing and participating with those guys who haven't had the opportunities that a 24-year-old who's on $300,000 a year on his second contract in the NRL and has got more hair gel and designer jeans than anyone <laughs> should have, what it does for him to be exposed to those guys that are there through sheer passion, love and the want of community is, I, I, I think it's hard to actually articulate what that means to a 23-year-old when he becomes 27 and 30 mm. because of what he's learnt. So um, there's... It's it's a circle in of benefits. So I could literally start at, at one o'clock and work all the way around at twelve o'clock. Um, it's it's quite extraordinary. Oh, that's amazing, and that's uh, that's purpose and heart, and I, th- I think that that's what drives it. I feel the beating heart of the Titans all the time. That's unreal. Yeah, well, it's so important. Yep, that's that's so important. What does the next 12 months look like for the Titans from an organisational perspective? Um, well, we worked really hard over the last three years, both from an athletic point of view and then from a brand point of view and a narrative and a connection point of view. And be that um, our connection with the general community and all the subsets of the communities that sit inside there and then people that we say we're going to do something. So so we say we're going to do something and we do it. We, spend, we try and spend a lot of time on grassy hills and talking to people in clubland so that we build real relationships to try and win that trust back and win that win that um, belief back uh, and then we went through a brand a brand rebuild where we 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 basically on our 15th year the the old brand we we left there so that's our starter brand and when we we took a new brand to market and with that came a change in our play group so we brought Tino for Sormala Awe into the group we brought, and AJ started coming through Jaden Campbell started coming through so we had this heap of kids that were only young, but very talented players, and locally, locally born and raised, and you know, purpose. Uh, you know, David Fafita went to Kiber down here. Tanner Boy went to Kiber. So yeah. we started to find people that we thought young men that we thought had the right value set um, that would work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes time to evolve. Um, 
and we were successful in 21, made the final, the response to that was unreal. Um, 2020, we made ninth. The response to that was we had 3,000 new members join after that. So those two, 2021, were good. And then we made some, we made, the, the business itself was still really strong. Um, our community piece was strong and continued to grow. The, the, the um, subset of commercial partners, consumers, and our viewers was still really strong. But our high performance area, we, we, we had an underwhelming year and we had some areas in there that we needed to look at and take some accountability on. Uh, we made decisions in and around the youth of our spine. We made some decisions around the way we got the preseason done. Um, and like all things in, in professional sport, apparently all of it's the coach's fault. So we sort of refuted that a bit and we said, look, we all own this. You know, we, we all sat around and made these decisions together and we all need to be better collectively. So we spent a fair bit of time, not just um, you know sitting there grinding our teeth, but more going, all right, so if we're going to improve on this, what are the, collectively, what are the three or four areas that we really need to be better in and how, do we, how are we going to affect change in that? And we've identified those and, and, we, you know, and one of them is about the condition of our play group, two is about the type of person that we bring into that play group, composition of it, three is the you know, defensive merit, you know, we're not going to win anything until we become one of the best defensive sides in the comp, so we're doing a lot of work on that at the moment. Um, so we've done, we're doing a lot of work and unashamedly not um, getting in front of drinking the Kool-Aid, like mm. we've, we've been as honest as we can in that space, so this year we start hard and we, and, and we compete. And I'm, I don't like talking pre-seasons up because everyone has a good pre-season, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. Fortunately, because of the work we did previously, the club's, um, the club's got the most amount of commercial partners it's ever had. We had the highest number of members we've ever had this year. A game day attendance was the same, and we actually went up on television viewing again, finishing 13th, we went up 7%. So all of our commercial metrics and the metrics around the organisation are really, really strong, and that's because of the community. They, they, they're locked in and they believe and and the work that Justin's doing with their play group we're playing an exciting game of footy too style of footy but it also a lot of it I believe resonates back off the back that you do of the work you do community wise so if your local participation your clubs that play junior rugby league and senior rugby league and PDRL and IDRL and tag and touch if that if they believe they watch and then they buy jerseys and they come to games and they come to NADOC day and they come and but and that's about being real you know and and, and investing so this year we need to fortify that work, continue to focus um, how, how well we can do that work as an organisation, but we need to have a winning season this year, which means we need to win more games than we lose. Mm. Uh, and that's there to be done, it's there to be taken. If, if the player group and the coaching staff and all of us collectively go to work, if we can finish the year with that, we will have had a. We will finish in the right place uh, at the end of the year, and I don't want to say what that is, but it'll be in the right place going into the finals. Um, and it's one week at a time now, um, so we get the chance to fill those seats and bring those people in and um, say thanks. So that, mm. if I can get to the back end of this year and do that, we'll be it'll be a good year. Twenty twenty three, bring it on! I can't wait to see what we do. Steve, thanks so much. Uh, you've actually I've been enthralled listening to you, and I've learned a lot. And uh, most importantly, thank you just for being a, being a glue for this community and uh, binding everyone together, bringing all different parts of uh, the amazing Gold Coast together. And uh, I really cannot wait to see what the Titans do. It's absolutely my pleasure. And it's my, ple- it's my honor to be involved with the people that are around the club. We are lucky in that we are uh, serviced by such extraordinary people from the owner of the group through to yourself Dinesh and the people that bind themselves to what we're trying to do they just they amaze me um, so 
I feel guilty by the fact that I'm not doing I'm not doing enough. So, um, but collectively, all the sum total of all parts, I think we've got a wonderful future in front of us, and we can really help people and affect lives. So, Ooh, thank you. I love that. Thanks, Steve. Pleasure. The Worker Learner Podcast was brought to you by the Professional Learning Hub, Griffith University's platform for executive and professional education.